Atmosphere Church podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it will touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we want to make ourselves available to you in any way we can. If you need prayer or just someone to talk with, please send us an email to info at atmosphere.church. Someone from our team will be sure to connect with you. We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life God has called you to live. Enjoy the message. Hey everybody, Pastor Jim here, lead pastor of Atmosphere Church, and we just want to say welcome to Church Online. The building may be closed, but the church is never closed. Matter of fact, it's never about the building. The church is a movement of God changing this world, and it never stops, even though the buildings are closed. So wherever you're watching from, we just want to give you a shout out. We want to say hi. We know we can't really connect with you in person, but we can connect virtually. And we started something last week. If you weren't tuned in, we started virtual hugging. That's right. We created it right here at Atmosphere Church. So I, I want to give you an assignment right now. I want you to text five people, and I want you to tell them this. Tell them God is greater and give them a heart emoji or a little hug emoji, whatever. I know a guy sending another guy a text, a heart emoji might not be appropriate, but let's change the rules during this season uh, that we're in, all right? So guys, you are able and uh, given permission to send each other heart emojis. <laughs> so I just think uh, it's cool that we can at least connect uh, virtually like that and, and uh, encourage each other and stay connected with each other even though that we're separated. So do us a favor, if you are watching on Facebook, uh, let us know where you're watching from. Uh, we'd love to see everybody that is tuning in. We have uh, friends uh, of friends that are joining us. Uh, there's even the ability on Facebook that uh, un, uh, I believe on the window, there's a little button that says watch party. And you could click on that button and you can invite all of your friends on Facebook to watch our gathering with you. Uh, we also found out from another tech friend of ours that the best way to stream this service onto your television is through YouTube. So we have this service being broadcast on our website, on Facebook and also on YouTube. So all you have to do on your smart television, your smart TV, you go to the YouTube app, you type in Atmosphere Church and you should see the live broadcast and that way you'll be able to watch uh, from your television. Even though we don't mind if you watch from your iPad or your iPhones. Couple of housekeeping things before we get into this morning's message. Uh, because we're not able to connect with you uh, in person, Typically in our gatherings, we do connection cards. And so we're able to connect with you and, and follow up with you uh, for anything that you might need prayer about. And so what we've done this week is we've created an online connection card. So if you go to our website, you're gonna be able to pull that online connection card up. It's a link. And on Facebook, I'm gonna ask Pastor Phil, who's kind of like our host. He's our Facebook pastor, apparently. Uh, I guess that's your uh, new title I'm giving you right now. But you can uh, send the link 
And then that way, if you're watching on Facebook, would you just take a moment and fill that connection card out? That way we as pastors can make sure that we stay connected with you and follow up with you, especially on the prayer request end. Uh, We wanna be there for you. And and, uh, so just uh, uh, do us a favor and fill that out. Also, uh, because we don't have the ability to meet in person, we wanna be able to remind you that you can give. You wanna continue to tithe and, and give regularly. We encourage that. And we believe that God is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And we wanna just you know, encourage you to continue to give. And you can give online through our website at atmosphere.church backslash give. And you can follow the instructions on there. And there's a way that you can text uh, your, your giving. You could even do it old school and mail it into our PO box. So it's PO box 6758. And uh, that would be great. And I just realized I told everybody else to silence their phones. And I got so... Uh, Uh, rattled because I didn't think you guys could hear us, so I turned my phone on full blast. That wasn't probably smart of me to do that. Uh, But anyway, that's a little housekeeping things for you. Uh, I want to get into the Word of God with you this morning, and we're we're in this this series called God is Greater. I want you to think about that statement for a moment. God is greater, period. God is greater. So We looked at last week that he is our way maker. Today, we wanna look at that he is our miracle worker. You know, there's a a lot of times as we talked about last week, we kind of drift away from our relationship with God. And what happens is the magnitude of God kind of gets lost amongst all of the other things that we have going on in our lives. And so the greatness of God gets minimized by all of the greatness of our problems and all of our busyness. And one of the side effects of having to be quarantined at home and and this directive to stay at home is that we've kind of lost a lot of the busyness. A lot of the job assignments that we had, they're completely gone. And so now, if God didn't have your full undivided attention before, I bet you you're paying a lot more attention to God. And here's the the good news. The more that you're focused on God, the more you will realize. And more importantly, the more your soul will realize that God is greater. So we want to go back and we want to review these attributes of God uh, through this song that is just such an amazing song. I'm just, I can't listen to it enough. It's called Waymaker. We're going to be singing it uh, at the end of our message, but... I wanna talk about what a miracle is with you this morning because some of you are praying for a miracle. You're believing God for a miracle. But let's look at what the Bible talks about when it mentions a miracle. The Bible uses three main words to refer to miracle. It uses the word sign, wonder, and here's an interesting word. It uses the word power. And these three words help us better understand what the title miracle worker is means, what it's all about. And basically, a miracle is an act of God beyond human understanding that displays God's power, inspires wonder in humans, and acts as a sign that God is at work in the world. Think about that for a second. So he is a miracle working God. And throughout the pages of scripture, we read about this idea that God is a miracle working God from Genesis all the way to Revelation. But I wanna focus particularly on this Exodus 
that the Israelites experienced when they left Egypt and were on the move to the promised land. It's in the book of Exodus. It's, it's the exit, and that's how you can remember the, the book. It's the exodus of the Israelites towards the promised land. And in this particular book, it is filled with how God performed these supernatural miracles to ensure that the people of God could find their way into the promises of God. And he just continues to move miracle after miracle after miracle. Well, I wanna take you to Exodus chapter 15. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up to Exodus chapter 15 because we wanna talk about one particular miracle that happens. And it is a defining moment for the Israelites because in the first time in our Bibles, we see that God gives his name Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. So he does a miracle and then he gives himself a title that he is the Lord of healing, Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals you. Verse 22, it says, then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. So the miracle of the Red Sea had already taken place. The Israelites had already walked through the Red Sea on dry ground and Pharaoh and his army got pulverized by that whole situation. And they're singing songs. They're rejoicing in what just happened. And now they're moving into the desert. And for three days, they can't find any water. Well, we can kind of relate to that, can't we? I mean, I don't know if you've been to the grocery store lately, but it's kind of an eerie feeling when you go to the grocery store and you see empty shelves. I don't think in, in the history of my life I've ever walked into a grocery store and seen empty shelves like I have in the last month. And the first time I saw it, I, I gotta be honest with you, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. I was like, what in the world? And then I saw a lady shopping next to me and she had her cart full of spaghetti noodles and all this stuff. And I was like, hoarder, stop that. But... Uh, I, you know, maybe she had a family of 15. I don't want to judge her. But uh, I will tell you this, that when we went to buy water uh, and I couldn't find any water, it was, it was a little uh, concerning. And say, well, why do you need bottled water, Pastor Jim? You know, that's just not right. Well, in my apartment right now, you turn the faucet on, the water's yellow. I don't think that's right. Something wrong with my water. So we need bottled water. And uh, so we finally found some water this last week, but... I can't imagine being in the desert for three days. You're looking for water. You have this, this you know, I, who knows how many people were traveling at this time. Some scholars believe it were millions of people that were traveling and no water to be found. And, and it says here, uh, when they came to Mara, they could not drink the waters of Mara for they were bitter. Therefore it was named Mara. So the people grumbled at Moses saying, what shall we drink? Then he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree and he threw it into the waters and the waters became sweet. There he made for them a statute and regulation and there he tested them and he said, if you give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I've put on the Egyptians for I, the Lord, am your healer. Jehovah Rapha. Then they came to Elam where there were 12 springs of water and 70 date palms and they camped there beside 
the waters. I don't know if you have ever been so thirsty that you just opened up your fridge and you found the first liquid beverage and you just started chugging it. Well, I learned what a kabacha drink is the other day because I opened the fridge and I was like, this looks yummy. And it was some kabacha. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it tasted like pure vinegar. And I told my wife, I said, what is this? This should not even be a drink, uh, but it's, apparently it's healthy for you. And uh, I, I just, I chugged it without even realizing. I can't imagine what the Israelites were dealing with when they drank this water and they were just like, this is terrible. Like to be so thirsty and, and then just like to be tricked. Like this is terrible water. This is mar. This is bitterness. And then God begins to speak to Moses. But notice what happens first. Moses reaches out to God. Moses doesn't know what to do. He's put in a situation. He doesn't know what to do. So what does he do? He knows the only thing that he should do, and that is to turn to God, who has an answer for everything. And so he starts listening to God, and God says, go take that tree and put it in the water. How bizarre of a request is that? Go take a tree, put it in the water, and you guys are gonna be able to drink it. And that's exactly what happens. And in God, it says there that there, it was a test, that he was testing the Israelites, and they passed the test, doing something bizarre. And I, I wanna tell you that really, as you study the character of God, God asks his followers to do some pretty bizarre things. I mean, can you imagine being Abraham and being told by God, hey, I'm going to send you to a city, but I'm not going to tell you the city. You're just going to know when you get there, but pack up your stuff and, and go ahead and move. Load up the moving truck and just get in and start driving. It's crazy. Telling Noah, hey, I want you to build a super-sized boat and you're going to put pack all these animals in it because the world's going to be flooded by this rain. They didn't even know what rain was. It hadn't rained at that point in time. And now here we have God telling Moses, throw this tree into the water so that you guys can drink of the water. Let me tell you, don't ever underestimate the power, the miracle-working power of God that can take something as lame as a tree and put it in the water and make bitter water sweet. Think about it. A relationship with God does that. When you start listening to God and do what God tells you to do, that's what God does. He is the master of taking bitter things and making them sweet. He is the master of taking something that was bad that happened to your life, and when you get him involved in that bad thing, he actually flips it on its head, and that bad thing now becomes a good thing. Only God can do that, and, and it's worth noting that. So this is the first time in our Bibles that God is given the title, I am the Lord, your healer. I am Jehovah Rapha. And he promised to deliver Israel from the diseases that afflicted the Egyptians. This is interesting because he says, if you do this, then you are gonna be spared of all these diseases. This is what we call a conditional promise. And the Bible's full of these. So the miracle takes place, they're able to drink the water. And then God says, I'm gonna use this as a teaching moment. I want you guys to know that you can trust me with everything in your life. However, 
if you really want me to move for you, then you're gonna have to listen to what I have to say and avoid the things I tell you to avoid and do the things that I tell you to do. And, and so it's a conditional promise. He says, if you do these things, then what will happen is I will keep these plagues, I will keep these diseases off of you. And if you look at the moral laws that God had downloaded to Moses, those moral laws actually kept a lot of the diseases from the Israelites. The practical met the supernatural. And in the practical, God's saying, abstain from doing all of these things and you won't get diseases. And I think even for us, we, we have to balance the practical with the supernatural. There are things that God ultimately is gonna do for our lives, but he asks us to partner with him to make sure that certain things in our lives don't touch us. Uh, I mean, how many times do you have to have a doctor tell you, avoid these things to avoid cancer? And if you continue to, to give yourself over to these things, then don't be shocked when cancer comes into your life. There are certain things that we should do to keep ourselves from diseases, but we have to listen and be obedient to do what God's told us to do and avoid the things that God has told us to avoid. So uh, 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, this is probably a scripture that you've heard and you've seen on social media uh, over the last three weeks. It's, it's a, a scripture that we do need to circle and we do need to talk about because God identifying himself as a healer is throughout the entire Bible. Exodus 15 happens to be the first time it's mentioned, but through the entire Bible, it talks about his healing. And in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, here's the promise. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Let's fast forward to the New Testament because that's the Old Testament. God's saying, hey, if you seek my face, I'm gonna heal your land because I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Let's fast forward. Now Jesus comes unseen. Now Jesus, for those of you that may not be real familiar with the Bible, Jesus becomes the exact representation of God. Matter of fact, Hebrews chapter one, verse three, reads it this way. It says, the son, speaking of Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory in the exact representation of his being. So important for us to understand that. So when you see Jesus, you see the exact representation of God. And this is why the life of Jesus was filled with what? Miracles. This is why Jesus's life was filled with healing the sick and healing those uh, that had all kinds of ailments, including resurrecting the dead, delivering people of demons. In Mark chapter six, verse 56, it says, Wherever he went in villages and cities and, or the countryside, they brought the sick out to the marketplaces. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe and all who touched him were healed. One story of these healings really blows my mind and it's a chapter right before this. In Mark chapter five, there's a huge crowd following Jesus. I mean, he is the miracle worker. And everybody knows it that's around him. And so the crowds are pressing in on him, hoping that Jesus could touch him, hoping that Jesus could pray for them. I'm imagining it's uh, like, like uh, just a frenzy parade 
when Jesus would come into town and everybody's like pressing in uh, like a rock concert in the front row where you're against the guardrails. You're like, ah, this is kind of what's happening when Jesus was going into cities. And then a woman who had an issue of blood, it says in the Bible, for 12 years knows that Jesus is coming through. The doctors have dismissed her condition and said, it's hopeless for you. She is now being looked at as unclean because of this issue of blood that she had. So she can't get around any religious people or else she would make them unclean. So she was being pushed out of society and she was being left with hopelessness. But then Jesus came into her life. And it says here in Mark chapter five, I'm gonna read you the whole story. It says, a large crowd was following him and pressing in on him. A woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians. That means she's been after doctor, after doctor, after doctor, and every doctor's like, I, we can't help you. We don't know what's wrong or how we can stop this. And she said, and, and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. Immediately, the flow of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Immediately, Jesus perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you and you say, who touched me? They're like, are you being serious right now, Jesus? Like everybody literally is touching you. And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed in your affliction. The word power there in the Greek is dunamis. And this is where we get our English word dynamite. It's explosive. There's energy to it. And even when Jesus touched this woman, he felt the energy leave his body and touch her and bring healing to her. A lot of Bible scholars will actually translate the word there for dunamis. They'll translate it into miracle or miraculous power. So it is the divine meeting earth. It is heaven meeting earth in a way that completely changes sickness. It completely heals people. This is what's happening in this moment of this dunamis coming through Jesus and touching this woman and bringing her the healing that she had been longing for for not 12 days, 12 years, church. That's amazing. The marker of a follower of Jesus should always be marked with power. There should be power coming from our lives because this Jesus that we just read about, that, that this woman touched the, the hem of his garment is the Jesus that lives in us. And that power that Jesus had on earth is in us now. That's why Paul, in our devotions this week, I don't know if you saw this, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter two, this is what Paul says. 
So Paul, being a follower of Jesus, he says, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, his dunamis, his miraculous power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. How much of our life is being lived out dependent on God's power? The more that we're dependent on God's power, the more miracles we are going to be experiencing, not just in our lives, but from our lives. I started thinking about this. As I'm looking at this attribute of God being our miracle worker, I started thinking about my life, personally. Like all the miracles since I've been following Jesus for the last 30 years that have taken place, they happen all the time. It was just a couple weeks ago after church service, I had a young woman in our church that had a back issue and, and I, I wanted to pray right there. And so we laid hands on her, on her issue. And I'm telling you, I felt the power of God touch her. Her mom was right there with me. She felt it. There was something in that moment that God met earth in a divine way. And it came from power. I'm telling you, in that there was revelation that God spoke to me that I could speak over her. And I believe that there was freedom there. I believe that there was healing there. And that was just one story that happened two weeks ago. Uh, another woman uh, in our church, I was thinking about her. One of our first gatherings of Atmosphere Church, she came in on Thursday night Bible study. She had tremors. She couldn't keep her hands still. Her, her back was all messed up. She had all kinds of health issues. And I said, can I pray for you? And, and I laid hands on her. And immediately, not later that night, immediately the tremor stopped, completely ceased, and they haven't returned to her to this day. That is the powerful, miracle-working God. It's not Jim Cruz. It's God. And it's his power. It's his dunamis that is working through me and, me, and moving miracles for other people. Uh, my brother had a, a knee that was messed up. I don't know if he, he tore his ligament, his cartilage, but he couldn't walk without crutches. And we went to a service and uh, one of the, the, the speakers at the conference was, uh, was saying, hey, you don't need to come up here for prayer. If there's somebody next to you that needs prayer for something in their bodies, pray for them right now. And I looked over my, my real brother, not my brother of another mother, the brother of the same mother. Uh, I, was, I was sitting right next to him and I said, I gotta pray for you. And I go, you're my brother, I gotta pray for you. And so I put my hand on his knee, the bad knee, and I'm not even exaggerating. I started feeling it crack and pop and started moving around. I felt it with my hand. And he starts crying, he jumps up and he starts jumping up and down. And I was like, stop it, bro. <laughs> you know, I don't wanna get you re-injured. Uh, but he was healed and I was blown away. Now I know that our God is a miracle working God, but when you see it immediately like that and, and instantly like that, it takes your breath away. My wife years ago had some cysts uh, in her body and, and we were being told by the doctors like the only way to take care of this was surgery. And I kept praying for her and I just kept thinking, we, we need a second opinion. So we made a second opinion uh, uh, from another doctor in LA. And so we were driving from Bakersfield to LA and I said, God, I know you're the miracle working God. You can, you can take care of these cysts. You can make them go away. And Lord, it, it can be completely taken care of by you. And I prayed that prayer. 
as we were driving to LA for this doctor's appointment. Do you know we got to the doctor's appointment and they did this ultrasound to look for the cysts and the doctor found the cysts and he said, I see where I think the cysts were, but, but they're no longer cysts. They're more like a deflated tire. And he showed us the pictures on the ultrasound. Come on, church. We serve a miracle working God. And uh, I, I can continue to go. Um, we had uh, um, this whole situation uh, with going online and, and having to, to cancel our, our gather. We had no equipment. We had no equipment to do this. Three weeks ago, zero equipment for online streaming. And on top of that, we had no money to get it. Like all of our money was accounted for and all of these other budgeted items. There was no line item that says <laughs> uh, online streaming equipment. It's just, and, and we're, for those of you that aren't tax savvy, we're not talking hundreds of dollars. We're talking thousands of dollars. It's, it's expensive. And I don't know why the world didn't want to just be generous and just give us all the equipment, but it costs money. And I really, I was, I was praying to God and I said, God, I don't know what we're gonna do. Do you know that day somebody gave us the exact amount that we needed to buy the equipment? I'm not even exaggerating. It happened the same day that we needed it. God provided the money for us to get this equipment and uh, now we're able to bring it before you. So I can go on and on. One of our good, um, one of my son's good friends, he had a tumor in his brain and I prayed over him and the church actually prayed over him. And he went back to the doctor a month later and they were telling him he was gonna have to have brain surgery to get these two. And they were completely gone a month later. They couldn't even find him on the scans. They did new scans, they were completely gone. No, I know I'm diving into deep waters when, when I get into the theology of healing. And there's some of you that have been praying for a healing, maybe for your own health, for... Uh, months, maybe years. Maybe you're like this woman uh, that you've been to doctor appointment after doctor appointment. Maybe you're like this woman. It's been 12 years. I, I want to encourage you that what we have in the story of Exodus and what we see in the story of this woman in Mark chapter five is I believe we see the, the three moves towards your miracle. So I, I, I don't want to stamp the way that God's gonna move for you and say, this is how you're gonna receive your miracle. But I do believe that if you take these two combined stories from our Bibles, you can put together some movements that you can make in your life that would allow you to really see this. That The first one is that you come to God with your need. Come to God with your need. Look what Moses does. He comes to God. He doesn't know what to do. He comes to God. Look what this woman does. She goes in. She presses in. And I commend this woman. Man, I don't think some of us, we really want the miracle like we say we want it. Are, are we willing to press in when everything is kind of moving against us to press in? Are we willing to come to God with our need? Let's be honest right now. Some of us were really comfortable a month ago. We're comfortable with our lives. We were checking in with God every, every time we may have thought about it. Just God wasn't a super high priority. But when the world came to a screeching halt, all of a sudden God became front and center to many people that had not really thought about him. And I wanna encourage you right now, press into him. 
Lean into him in this season of uncertainty. One thing is still certain, and his name is God. So think about that as you're considering your own circumstances. Have you, have you really come to God with that need? Have you really laid that out before him? Moses did, and he got his answer. This woman did, and she got her healing. Both of them received a miracle, but it started with the first move, and that was coming to God with their need. Here's the second thing. You might want to write this down. I'll put it up on the bottom of the screen. That is, listen and do what God says. Listen and do what God says. It might be a bizarre thing he tells you to do. And maybe you're going to be like Gideon. You want a couple confirmations before you do it. But there's a reason that God gives directives in his Bible or in, in his word, in our Bibles, about how we ought to live our lives. There's things we ought to do, things we ought to abstain from. And it's all because God loves us and, and he wants the best for us. So listen. And some of you, that's going to mean you have to tear away from maybe even your family that you're being quarantined with. And I just realized I had some funny memes at the beginning of broadcast. I didn't even do them. I want to do them at the end, all right? We're going to do them at the end. We got one shot at this, all right? So we don't have a second service. And so we'll sing a song and then I'll come back up. Um, and we'll end with a fun note. I think that'd be better anyway. See, some of you, you want God to give you a miracle in your marriage. But that may mean you have to go to counseling. That may mean you have to read some books and kind of get yourself sharpened up on your skills as a husband or as a wife. Some of you, you want God to give you a miracle with your health. But there's also responsibility that we got to make sure that we're eating right, we're exercising, we're doing our part to keep ourselves healthy. And I've been really going crazy on vitamin C and garlic. These guys probably are suffering around me. It's, hey, it's a good thing that we're social distancing right now because your pastor has a lot of garlic moving in his system. Some of you are wanting a miracle in your finances. But that's going to require budgeting your money. That maybe you taking this opportunity to go get a job that is maybe going to pay you a better wage. But the bottom line is, listen to what God has to say and then do what God tells you to do. Here's the third step. This is the third move that, that we really need to consider and that we need to trust God with the outcome. We don't know what the outcome is going to look like in particular, but I do know this, that when Jesus is in our life, it's not just a game changer for you, it's a life changer for you. And personally, I believe that this story in Exodus 15 has some symbolism attached to it. Because 1,500 years later, Jesus would show up on scene and he would be crucified on a tree. We call it a cross. And in that crucifixion, he would not only bear our sin, not only would he redeem us and restore us, the Bible says that that act alone would heal our souls. 
Because let me tell you what you need. The greatest miracle that you need in your life, if you haven't received it yet, is not a healing for your body. It's a healing for your soul. Isaiah 53 says this. It says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Jesus is here to heal your soul. And when you allow Jesus to come into your life, and I'm telling you, you can trust him with the outcome. Because here's the thing, when Jesus is in your life, there's always two answers to your prayer for healing. You're either healed or you're healed. Because when you die, you're healed. You're either going to be with family or you're going to be with family. <laughs> you're either going to have everything go well with you or you're going to have everything go well with you. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's this kind of soul healing that is not just a game changer. It's a life changer, church. And today I invite you, if you haven't made that decision to invite Jesus to come into your life and to fill your soul with that Rafa, with that healing, supernatural, powerful, dunamis touch, I encourage you to do that right now. And it's super simple to do. You say, Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you. Come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In that moment that you say that to God, your soul receives the healing that it desperately needs. And then who knows? I mean, he's a miracle-working God. And just as I've shown you my personal stories, there is still a personal story for you. We just got to lean in, do what he says, and trust him with the outcome. Um, I, I want to end by, by giving you the scripture and then I'll have the worship band come back up. We, we got to sing this song, Waymaker. We, we got to declare to our souls who our God is because the media is trying to tell us a narrative and, and I don't want to say that the media is wrong in their, their view of this virus. I know it's heavy. I know it's serious. But let me tell you, don't ever let the media convince you that this virus is greater than your God. He is greater than everything, including this virus. And I was reminded this week in the book of Habakkuk, and I, I place this on my social media, I put Habakkuk 3 verse 2. It says, I have heard all about you, Lord. I am filled with awe by your amazing works. In this time of our deep need, help us again as you did in years gone by. I, I want to I, I tell you that this is our moment. This is our moment where we can see God do something so powerful. Are, are you ready to come to God with your need? Are, are you ready to listen and do what he says? And are you ready to trust him with the outcome? I'm telling you, church, we serve a miracle-working God. Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? 
You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes podcast, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at www.atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click on the tab that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love. Bye.